everybody knows that the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening, the five-star man, Asa Gray. And joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. Dalton, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a really interesting week. And I was very, con- or not concerned, curious on how tonight's going to go for us. Everything, like... Literally, as each story broke and broke, the only thing that I could think of in my head is I wish that I could cut the clip or the cut the audio and just replace the intro with Cody Rhodes in his last AEW promo of the, so what do you guys want to talk about? Like, <laughs> it's just, that was, that soundbite in my head a million times <laughs> was just that because dear Lord, what a week it was. And I wasn't even on vacation. Yeah. So um, we do have a ton to talk about. We are going to, of course, talk all about Vince McMahon resigning in disgrace because don't get it twisted. That is what it is. Um, Vince McMahon stepping down. We're also going to talk about last weekend's Death Before Dishonor. We're going to talk about this weekend's SummerSlam. Um, and that is a that's a lot. I don't know what you guys want. It's it's quantity, not quality. I guess. Ho- except, hopefully both. Hopefully wait, both. No, it's quality, not quantity. I got that backwards because this is not a quality show. Wait, no. Bu- buckle in, no. folks. <laughs> it is a quality show, sir. <laughs> I think. Uh, we'll see. Um, but before we get into all of the news for the week, uh, a couple local plugs because support local. Uh, this Friday night, July 29th, St. Louis Anarchy is doing their Circus Maximus show. Uh, that is a show that they run every year. It's a big show for them every year that they do. Uh, Anarchy is a killer show. The atmosphere of Anarchy is always just next level. It's always a ton of fun to go to. I'm not going to get to go to this one. I'm very, very bummed. But uh, the main event in that, of course, is going to be Gary J defending against Derek Neal. And that match is just, that, that match is going to fuck. Like, it's Gary uh, J. It's Derek Neal. I don't know what yeah. what else you want me to say there. Um, I get equal parts excited and concerned whenever Gary J. hits a curtain. Because <laughs> you just know someone's day is about to get ruined. Yeah, sometimes his, but not often. It's pretty even. Uh, do you know who Mad Dog Conley is? You've yeah. seen him wrestle before, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see those two wrestle in Illinois one time. And my chest and neck have never hurt so much without having actually wrestling myself. Just the the second hand, like, oh my god. Yeah, like, I was recoiling. It was me and another uh, worker that uh, is at CCW, and the whole time, well, he was laughing at me, because I was like, oh, this is not gonna be fun <laughs> to watch. And I think he got a kick out of me reacting to everything. Because mm-hmm. it was when I was like, I used to react whenever I, like, wasn't wrestling to shit in, like, matches. But since, like, now I know where I'm like, oh no, there's no way that didn't just completely suck ass. Like yeah. that, yeah, like that's, <laughs> and, the, and those two were brutal in the best way. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Um, if you're not able to be there in Alton, Illinois, um, you will be able to watch it live as well, uh, because they stream their shows on Twitch. Uh, their Twitch channel is Journey to Anarchy. It's Journey, the number two, and then Anarchy, uh, because they share the uh, Twitch channel with Kansas City Journey Pro. So, Journey to Anarchy, that is tomorrow night, Friday, July 29th, 
Uh, and then if you are in the area still and you want to see even more cool wrestling live, uh, Cape Championship Wrestling CCW has their sixth anniversary show on Saturday, July 30th um, at the arena building here in Cape Girardeau. And like one saying sixth anniversary show for a independent wrestling company is just absolutely bonkers. It's just super cool. Um, we just found out yesterday, like legit, maybe 30 minutes before we recorded CCW live, uh, we learned that the, some changes to the car had been made. So now there's going to be an interim CCW champion named, uh, as Brandon Barbwire takes on Joey O'Reilly takes on Xavier Walker takes on Karam, uh, and in a fatal four way, the winner of that becomes the interim CCW champion, uh, while we wait for Zay Washington to, make his return that is another match that is going to be just ignorantly good so uh that is saturday july 30th so a couple chances to see some local independent wrestling available for you if you're here in the midwest because people kind of overlook the midwest a lot it feels like even though with the amount of talent that goes on here i don't understand how you can do that but you know it is what it is yeah uh before and then one last thing for the ring setup uh there's so much just unnecessary negativity out there every week. Uh, I mean, every day, really, that we always try to do our part to put out some positivity, things we enjoy in wrestling. And we encourage you to do the same. Go online and just, if someone's doing something cool that you like in the world of pro wrestling, or in video games, or action figures, or comic books, or TV, or movies, whatever it is that you enjoy as well, just let them know. Because it's so often the people that are mad about something stupid, tweeting out dumb shit, that a nice message every once in a while can you know help someone out so uh i am being the dalton this week so i have two good thank you um because dalton's usually the like well i can't pick so i'm just gonna talk for 20 minutes about it um you're welcome i'm very positive <laughs> i'm a very positive person asa no you're an indecisive <laughs> person there's a difference <laughs> that would make you a coward um the first one being that it was announced earlier this week that greg miller from kind of funny uh who we inter- we got a chance to interview there on their twitch channel uh he is getting his own show on the wwe network called this is awesome uh i am super excited he is if, if you know us you probably know greg miller i have to assume um it's we don't really know i don't know what the show is yet because we just kind of got the video of him doing the voiceover Uh, But I'm guessing it's going to be just like historic, awesome moments in wrestling and him talking about the moment, probably like his personal experience with stuff like that. But um, he's a fantastic host if you've seen him do like Game Awards stuff or E3 presentations, things like that. And uh, I'm a huge kind of funny fan. I'm a huge Greg Miller fan. So this is super cool. Um, And that premieres on Peacock on Friday. uh, So tomorrow or today, depending on when or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this Friday, July 29th. Uh, that will be on Peacock, and then he's it just got announced that he's going to be on the bump on Saturday before SummerSlam. Uh, it's insane on how easy he is to talk to. Like yeah. going back at that interview, like I wasn't nervous until about maybe ten minutes before, because it was one of those like I was more worried for you because this was something that was like getting to interview him was something very important to you. Because it, yeah, it wasn't, it was, you knew it was a much bigger deal to me because yeah. I had that personal connection. And I wasn't, like, nervous at all until about 10 minutes before. I think I was listening to the podcast leading into ours because he was doing, like, a 
marathon podcast day for himself. Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, fuck, what if I do, like, what if I forgot how to talk to somebody? Which like, I've <laughs> met, like, I've met very well-known people before. And I've never had that issue except for once. And uh, I was like, what if this is the one time it happens? And then Ace is going to forever hate me for it. <laughs> Which would have been even funnier because it wasn't the big deal to me. Like right. how I screwed up. But no, he was super easy to talk to. And it's cool that WWE is branching out and getting different people for different kind of content like that instead of doing everything in-house. Uh, and then my second one is something that I literally saw about... I started watching probably like f- 10 minutes before we started to record. Um, and it's from the Twitter account Drain Bamager. And they clipped a bunch of... I don't know what this is from. It says sign live bid now video. And it's Eddie Kingston sitting next to this guy. And they're just like, he's signing figures and pictures and things. But all of these clips are, and they're like anywhere from like five seconds to like the longer couple or like 40 seconds to a minute. But it's basically just the, I guess the hosts or the moderators of this doing just giving him names of just like what do you think of this person what do you think of this person and it's eddie kingston so (laughs) it goes about how you expect it to go of just like no fuck that dude no i hate him (laughs) like no this dude sucks how he the the christian cage one is the one that broke me because it was uh how how do how do i call him a twat without saying saying twat (laughs) <laughs> I guess there's nothing really he's a twat like it's just Jesus Christ um, he likes like nine people total everyone else is just it's it's it, it it made me laugh it was friggin it's just a quick little scroll of just like him talking shit like half the roster in quick succession because that's exactly what he does <laughs> yeah and it, like I said I don't know I, I don't I'm not a hundred percent familiar with what the original thing was but mm-hmm. uh, uh so that's that's my power of positivity dalton what makes you happy this week in wrestling uh i recently bought the uh john moxley book on audio and i've been listening through that because like i bought the book whenever it first came out and it's really hard for me to sit down and like read something i just don't have the attention span for it mm-hmm. and um i ended up re-upping my audible and not only is it Mox, an audiobook, Moxley is actually the one recording it. And me and you have had this conversation off podcast before about like, yeah, but I wish whenever you like someone reads their own book, like for an audio thing, they actually show their personality a little bit instead of it just being kind of like more of a flat reading. Moxley doesn't do that at all. It very much is like him reading it. Like, I think that he literally just walked in a booth and just kind of looked at his book and talked about like read it, but then read it like how he felt as he was reading it. And so, like, if he's telling a story, he gets really animated about it. Mm-hmm. I just recently got into the Tournament of Death where Nick Gage died because he had a thing about that. And um, I think Kingston was even brought up about it, too. But, like, the fact that Nick Gage almost died in the beginning of that match and uh, Zandig didn't know what to do. And he told Moxley to go out there and Moxley was legit wearing shorts and that was it. And then did, like, wrestled in this fucking glass for, like, ten minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. 
and just the insane stories he tells on top of like really sweet stories. Like right now it's a lot of cocaine or yeah, cocaine use. And it's like real weird just to hear him be like, yeah. And then I did a big bump right before and then cut a promo. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's a really good listen. Uh, but yeah, that's been the one thing that I've really enjoyed in wrestling this week. I could have known all about this book months ago whenever I bought it, but I just couldn't sit down and read. He, he, more than likely they, (laughs) they, this, it's only funny to me. They, he just sat in the booth and was just telling stories and they transcribed it and turned that into the book. It wasn't the other (laughs) way. It wasn't him reading the stories. They just transcribed the audio book and were like, all right, that's what's getting printed. Yeah. But it was, no, if you have audible, it's definitely worth your one credit a month. Um, if you're at Barnes and Noble, go find it. It's, it's Mox by John Moxley. It's really good. Uh, it's it's a really good book. I've heard nothing but really great things about it. And yeah, I like the I like the idea of because like some audiobooks, it is very much just like it's literally someone just reading a story to you. But whenever it is this kind of you know, oh no, it's this person. It's especially it's someone with this kind of personality, and it really comes through. That is, I think, the best way to hear that story. So so that's super cool. I'm I'm glad you're liking that. Um, but so that is the power of positivity onto the news of the week. Cause we're going to start things off with obviously the biggest news story that we may cover, honestly, just in general, because it's really hard to overstate how big of a deal this is. Uh, but Vince McMahon tweeted out his retirement. <laughs> um, let me see. Just the... such, such a way to do it. Well, uh... And don't forget, you know, this is after him coming to the, you know, introducing SmackDown the day the allegations hit, coming backstage saying, fuck them, you know, just, and apparently having a meeting at Money in the Bank saying he's not going anywhere. And then on a random Friday, <laughs> smash cut, it's always sunny music. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Vince, do, do, do. Vince goes at, somewhere. At 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE. Hashtag thankful. And, like, it's such a, like, happy birthday Shane statement. Like, there's no fanfare. There's no, it's literally just a, he he tweeted that at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. (laughs) Just, well, I'm going to retire. Wonder why, Vince? Like, oh, is it, oh, is it the time? That's what it is. Um, but of course it is, um, one of the things that was just like, man, of course this happens the day after we record an episode, because of course we're not going to get that kind of breaking news. But at the same time, like I was telling Dalton before, I'm actually kind of glad that we had this buffer, uh, because so much other stuff has come out since then that it's like, okay, now we're getting a, a bigger picture of everything that is going on. Um, yeah, we don't including... have to go back on we don't have to go back on anything we said as of right now. Yeah, we if we would have done a if we would have done a podcast Friday, we would have been on to Dave and be like, so we were wrong about a few things and we would like to retract a statement or two. Like See, I don't think I would have been. I you maybe, I don't know. Um because so when this was when it was originally announced on that Friday, my initial thinking was, Oh, the board found him guilty as sin. And now they are allowing him to announce his own retirement instead of being formally pushed out. Yeah. And that is why he suddenly it was sudden and just out of nowhere is because the board found him guilty that all the, the allegations about him are true. And that is why he's coming out. Well, 
it's not that because apparently that board investigation is still ongoing. Uh, let me see. It was then on the 25th on Monday that, uh, who was it that made it? It was Brandon Thurston, I think. Who's he He's affiliated a, through? Um, I actually don't know if he is affiliated with <laughs> anyone. Well, and I, I don't know the outlet that he's with. Uh, reports Wrestling Business. Oh, he's WrestleNomics. It's WrestleNomics. That's right. Okay, thank you. I, I was Sorry, like, that, that just can't be right. No, you're no, you're right. But he tweeted out, uh, um, th- or he broke the news, I should say, that, uh, and I'm going to read from Fightful here, WWE finds $14.6 million in payments by Vince McMahon that weren't recorded as company expenses. And as soon as that headline broke, everyone across the world was like oh (laughs) that's why um which like all right so just real quick i'm gonna read the actual wwe posted an 8k filing on july 25th announcing preliminary financial results for the second quarter 2022 in the filing it is revealed the company has made a preliminary determination that certain payments that Vince McMahon agreed to make during the period from 2006 through 2022, including amounts paid and payable in the future, and that were not recorded in the WWE Consolidated Financial Statements, should have been recorded as expenses in the quarters in which those arrangements agreements were made, the unrecorded expenses. As of the date hereof, the company has identified unrecorded expenses totally totaling approximately $14.6 million. All payments underlying the re- unrecorded expenses were or will be paid by Vince McMahon personally. Um, where is the... On July 8th, the Wall Street Journal published a report stating McMahon agreed to pay more than $12 million over the past 16 years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. Uh, McMahon retired as CEO on July 22nd. Um, so yeah, so essentially, and essentially it was the payments that Vince made, even though originally it was reported that he paid those out of his own pocket, like he wasn't using company funds for that. It's my understanding that even if, if you were the chairman and CEO of a, of a publicly traded company like this, even if you're using your own personal money, if that money is supposed to be used to the benefit of the company it has to be recorded you have to say hey i'm spending this much money for the company it's not necessarily i'm spending company money but i'm spending this much money for the company and that was undisclosed and because it was undisclosed that is a very al capone was brought down by the tax man yeah like Keep that in mind. It, it was something like Brian Zane did a TikTok of just like, man, after all the scandals, after all the uh, accusations against Vince over the last, you know, 5,000 years, it's it's this is what is what pushed him to retire. It is like, no. Well, the, yeah, the government it's... and you you it doesn't matter if you are a monster to the individuals, to the employees, but you fuck with the company money or yeah. you're going to cost the company money. Oh, no, we, we can't tolerate that. Well, it was even like, it, I don't remember who said it, but it's one of those that it's just like, no, you can do whatever you want. The second you start lying to your shareholders, though, that's when you're fucked. And that's a yeah. real bad way to look at things. Like, we're, again, I, me and Ace are both very much on the side that Vince did bad things. Like, nobody's defending him in on this. Um, 
it's just funny that what truly got him in trouble wasn't his actions. It was lying to the shareholders. Because that's what it was. Like, I don't even think anybody's upset that he spent $14 million. Like, in that in the, in the business side of it. Like, I don't think anybody at WWE is upset that he's spent $14.6 million on hush money. I think people are, the reason that he had to do it was because it was filed incorrectly. Because it was not filed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those, when you say it out loud, it's one of those where I'm like, man, I kind of wanted want him to file those so I can see the expense, re- expense report and what it says. Like, I just want to see what that is listed under. Like, is it just listed under hush money 14.6? Um, but it's insane that, not insane, this is exactly what was going to happen. The second that the company actually looked into it and found out that, no, he didn't do this as legitimate as one can give somebody hush money, if that sounds right, right, Mm -hmm. um, that there would be a problem. And that should have been our first red flag when all this got said, whenever it was like, well, it was his own money. How did the company find out about it then? It was his his own money in the heaviest air quotations I can add to it. Because it's money you still have to report to the company. So it's not your money, not per se. Like, it's yours, but, like, you got to tell people what you're doing with it. At that point, like, and you didn't do that. It just seems like it's a really weird thing to do. Yeah, if you're spending your if you're spending your own money, if that like if I'm making any kind of sense, it's just one of those where it's like, no, we should have realized on Front Street that this was going to come out because the second the government starts looking in on it, it's not your money at that point. Like, because they're not going to go. I mean, yeah, you can get audited and shit, but like, they're not going to say. If it was truly your own money, well, you spent fourteen point six million of your own money in hush money, like that is unethical and like very skeezy in a lot of ways. But the fact that they were investigating WWE for it, that should have been like the oh he fucked up real bad, because it's a company problem, not a Vince problem. Yeah, um, and then it gets weirder. So on July, so that was July twenty fifth. Uh, on July twenty sixth, again, this is from Fightful. Uh, Vince McMahon has lost stock in WWE. According to a new SEC filing, McMahon has disposed of 38,519 shares of WWE stock at $0. The filing states the disposed of stock consists of a portion of unvested stock units previously reported in Table 1, which were forfeited by Mr. McMahon in connection with his retirement from the company effective July 22nd, 2022. Vince still owns 69,157 shares of stock which excludes 100 shares of Class A common stock owned individually by Mr. McMahon's wife, Linda. Uh, Mr. McMahon disclaims beneficial ownership of those shares. He is still listed at 10% owner on the filing. Um, So I believe he's still the majority shareholder. Um, Let me see if that's just even public. Yeah, no, I think he is. I think that's correct. Because even even without everything... Um, I still think that, yeah, even though he had to dump so much stock here as part of him uh, getting out that he, July 26th, okay, that he still holds the majority. Um, It's possible that this new... Okay, yeah, so he is, uh, CNBC has a story as of the 26th that says he is still the majority shareholder, so... Um, but not it's it's he dumped you know thirty eight thousand thirty eight thousand shares of stock so now he's he's down to only sixty nine thousand one hundred fifty seven yeah um, and then Which is still that's that's just super interesting too because it's that whole thing of just like so he's still kind of in charge like he's uh, still pro- 
we'll, like, put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Okay. We're, we're going to circle back to that because that is something that um, I was going to bring up. But just real quick. Uh, and then another story from Fightful. This one actually came out today. Uh, according to a new report, WWE employees are currently prohibited from trading stock following the retirement of Vince McMahon. Uh, recently, it was noted in a filing that McMahon forfeited a number of shares of his stock as part of his retirement. Now, a new report from WrestleNomics reveals that WWE staff is currently prohibited from trading any company stock. Please be advised. And then this looks like it's a quote. Um, so please be advised that in light of recent developments, the company's trading window has closed effective immediately for all employees stated a message from senior vice president and assistant general counsel, James Langham per the WrestleNomics report until further notice, you are prohibited from any purchases or sales of company securities. You are also instructed not to speak with others about this note. So, <laughs> so someone didn't read that last part. Uh, so, not so yeah which, so that now, makes which, sense like yeah, that does it, make sense yeah that that makes a lot of sense that it's like okay because i was genuinely surprised because as part of the vince mcmahon having to retire it was named uh it was it turned out so vince mcmahon retires it's named that nick khan and stephanie mcmahon are then made permanent co-ceo of wwe uh, Stephanie was filling in like in an interim position for while for McMahon while he was while he had stepped aside from his duties and was still leading up creative. He was still there. Um, but now that is a permanent. You now it's Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon are the CEOs of WWE. And then it was also announced that uh, Triple H was back and was brought in as the. Uh, he he is taking over as full head of created, and full head of creative and talent relations. Yeah. So, uh, it's so that there's the big corporate shakeup of because it was very much kind of like a all right. Well, Bruce Pritchard was he took over for talent relations, but then he also was kind of the go to guy for creative. Um, in, in that kind of brief window when Vince, if Vince wasn't there, but now Triple H taking over full-time as creative, that is like a whole new scenario essentially for wrestling, which is crazy, or for WWE. I, so to circle back though, I, I don't think people are already surprised that Monday Night Raw wasn't NXT. Yeah. Like I I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook. Um I I really don't. And part of it is because it's like if I decide to scroll through Facebook while I'm at work, so often instead of seeing things my friends have posted, I see random just like Facebook groups that I want nothing to do with and their dumbass posts. And it's just like on Monday when this when it was announced that Triple H was taking over creative, it was like today is a brand new era for WWE. You'll see Monday Night Raw is going to be the best wrestling show we've seen in years. And it's like y'all just don't understand anything about anything, huh? Because it turns out that the Raw that aired on Monday was written on Thursday by Vince so, like, yeah, going forward, like, SmackDown's gonna look different, potentially. Uh, SummerSlam, who knows? 
but I'm not talking. We're not going to see these changes go into effect in a week. Yeah. We're not going to see them go in effect in a month. Like it's it's gonna. This is something that it is going to take months. You know what WWE looks like. The Raw after SummerSlam, I'm going. To, I'm willing to bet is going to be wildly different than what WWE looks like at SummerSlam 2023. Oh yeah, that because looks, it's it's ahead. also super important. Like so, in terms with that, is just like I'm seeing a lot of people being like, oh well. Hell, I'm only going to say this because of the name that I saw. Moxley may come back now that the creative is different. And I like in my head, it's like the creative's not different. The creative is the exact same creative it was before. This it's is somebody. Pe- it's somebody leading creative is differently. That doesn't change. I mean, it does change creative, but it doesn't change it to the point that people are thinking it is. Where it's now, it's this new bastion of, well, now people can go out and do whatever they want. And it's going to be like, they're going to have more freedoms. They may have some freedoms, or they may not have as many freedoms. Because you're still playing with the same players. The reason that NXT was a lot different than Monday Night Raw isn't because Triple H was some genius of creative, which he may be, but it was because there were different people working. It was a different style of show entirely. It was a wrestling show versus a sports entertainment show. That's why people, like, that's why it was so popular amongst the internet crowd, because it was wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was an cont- entirely different crew of people. You had your Ballers and your Owens and your Garganos and your Champas, and they were able to work with each other. The main roster, you get a little bit of that. All those names I said are there, uh, minus Gargano, but they're still playing against WWE people that are not going to leave just because Triple H are there. And I don't see people flocking to WWE now just because Triple H is in charge. Well, Maybe and- one or two people, but not like this mass exodus of AEW where like, oh, AEW may need to worry. That's not how anything works. Triple H also said at one point, like, this has been years ago, and I'm going to butcher this quote because it's been a while, but he said something along the lines of, like, NXT is a good heavy metal show. Like, if wrestling is music, NXT is that heavy metal show. Raw and SmackDown is pop. And you have to, you can't run a pop show like you run a heavy metal show. You can't run a heavy metal show like it's a pop show. Because it's different audiences, it's differently structured. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I also think that, like, I think things will end up changing pretty drastically, ultimately. But I don't think it's going to happen all at once. Like, no, it's, it's going to be boiling a frog. It's not going to be... Yeah, Triple H isn't going to, like, we're not going to talk about next week that Kevin Dunn and Bruce Prichard have been fired. Um, William <laughs> Regal's back. Like, no, it's we're it's not going to be like that. You know, things could happen. But at the same time, like, I'm wondering how much freedom they do actually have that, yes, Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon are co-CEOs. Triple H is the head of creative, but it's still that same creative team, as far as we know. Like, the, the writers are the same writers. Uh, the the old, A lot of that old guard are still there. Like, yeah, Laurinaitis is out, but ultimately, it's a publicly traded company. And like you said... You, you got to appease the shareholders and who is still the number one shareholder. Yeah. The it's person Vince McMahon. That was... So if they all of a sudden start making moves and upset McMahon and he decides to, you know, sell off all this stock once, you know, assuming he's able to unload it, who knows how that works. But I think this is like you, like you put it exactly. It's boiling a frog. You're going to see small changes that become big changes over time. Yeah, um, I think even that... even Sean Ross Sapp, like he did a live Q and A on his YouTube channel, and he and he was like, "Yeah, things are going to change, but it's gonna it's gonna take time." 
what I'm mostly interested in is like, is the talent relations aspect. Like I'm more interested in what Triple H is going to do for Raw as far as like recruiting talent and retaining talent is. Like if, and this is this is 100% just wild speculation. There's no basis in fact here at all. But like if Sasha Banks and Naomi's big problem was with Vince McMahon and let's say John Laurinaitis. Well, Vince isn't there in creative anymore. Laurinaitis is out of the company. Yes, seemingly, I don't think anything's been made official yet, but that's just kind of the uh, sense that like the that, oh, it's an it's inevitable that that's going to get announced. Would that be something to kind of eventually bring them back in to bring them back to television? You know, what aside from like CM Punk, like there was even a fightful report about like, oh, we talked to a bunch of former NXT people of just like, hey, because you either didn't resign, you got released. Um, if do you think things would have been different if Triple H was in power or, you know, do you think it would have been the same as what happened under McMahon? And apparently like several of them were like, oh, I would have never have gone to free agency because if it was if it was Triple H, I would have resigned. Or like, yeah. oh, well, if Triple H is back and he is given the, the control that it seems he's going to, then that is going to make me consider a WWE return way more likely. Um, which I don't remember how they phrased it exactly. Um, again, I will say that the Fightful Select is worth the $5 a month for the news that they get. But it was like... I don't remember exactly how they worded it, but it's like one former NXT talent who now has several options uh, of where he could possibly go. And it was very <laughs> much the just like the, the Simpsons bit of just like um, one person we spoke to. We'll call him Jay Gargano. No, no, that's no. too obvious. Uh, Johnny G. Like, <laughs> it was just like, well, yeah, no, that's that's what that is. Um so yeah, I think I think that's super interesting. I mean, obviously, is CM Punk gonna come calling now that Triple H is in power instead of Vince McMahon? Fuck no, obviously not. Because <laughs> I don't think I don't think that Vince was entirely his problem with that company. If I remember that podcast correctly, he did not have a lot of polite things to say about Triple H. That podcast <laughs> and like any live appearance that trip that someone even says a word with three H's, like yeah. Beetlejuice, and he's just like, oh fuck that dude. <laughs> um. So I seeing people say like, oh, the landscape of wrestling is about to change like it could, but it's not going to be as immediate as I think a lot of people expect it to be. Because, again, the first Raw post Vince McMahon, which one was a written by Vince McMahon. But like I sent you like I read what happened and I was like, OK, so Logan Paul's still being positioned as a face. We have an established tag team losing to a thrown together tag team of singles guys. Uh, yep. Rey Mysterio's 20th year celebration, uh, and he gets attacked and embarrassed in front of his family twice. Uh, well, and there was something else I feel like, but whatever, it doesn't matter, but it's like, yeah, landscape, but they're watching TV at the correct angle. <laughs> this is a new world. Like, all right, well, Kevin Dunn sweating bullets. He's like, I gotta, I gotta do this right now. I can't phone it in anymore. I gotta do my job correctly. Like, if that if that's your benchmark, then... It, oh, no. Well, there was still all the Kevin Dunn cuts. Like, I watched a clip from uh, one of the matches, and it was very much just like, well, okay, yep. We're still, I got an out. All right, five five seconds? Uh, 26 camera cuts. 
I got 20, or I got an hour and a half into it, and then I was like, I'm done. I think it was during the Mysterio match. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. I don't need to watch this anymore. Which bums me out because it's like, that, it's something, it's one of the things that I told you of, it's like, I'm glad they didn't have Dom turn on him during that or like yeah. during the match. I'm glad they at least held off on that. But it's one of the things that AEW does well that I feel like they really kind of don't get credit for is that when they have a feel good moment like that, they, they let, let it, it happen. You know, well, not if you watch last night, powerhouse was, Hobbs. Oh, well, that's different. That's (laughs) cutting a promo after cutting a promo after losing a match isn't exactly a feel good moment. He was but he was having a good day. He was one and one Asa. It's not like Starks was on a complete losing streak. He just lost one right after winning one. I go I go back to I go back to like CM Punk's debut. It would have been easy to do, you know, like like I I predicted like, oh, they're going to have MJF come out to cult of personality and then Punk like they got to do something to screw with it. And they didn't. It was just Punk coming out and having his moment. You know, so, and that's something that WWE just doesn't do properly. But again, like, now that that there's a a change at the head of creative, maybe these things will start to change. Um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Triple H. Bringing people in. Oh, I did like the, I did like Tony Khan on i don't know if it was busted open or what his appearance was but he was like yeah so i got adam cole signed to 2027 uh malachi black i got him for another five years yeah of of just like you went going nowhere yeah (laughs) like you can try your best but the main people you would need for that buddy i got them these guys are true mine not that's not true wwe has a lot of talent again i think it's just the show itself is not something that i enjoy watching but again, it could just be, it's like the music analogy, which is perfect. Like, it doesn't matter how good a certain group is. If you don't like that style of music, it it's not a, like, WWE has amazing talent. They have some of the best talent in the world. I just don't like the kind of music they play. So, like, it doesn't matter how much I want to enjoy it. I just don't. I think that's kind of where I hit with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, even if, even if Triple H got Aleister Black and Adam Cole back and all them, like, if you're still writing the same kind of show, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like it, it's gonna it, again. It's we're it's very much just a wait and see. You know, we can speculate yeah. all we want about you know. Oh, are we still gonna get a million rematches? Uh, although apparently that is one of the things that is expected to change is because Vince would just like forget that these matches had already happened. So he would say, "Oh, we need to do this," and they're like, "Well, we did this two weeks ago. We need to do this." Like, okay, so I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic to see what happens. Um, but at the same time, like I also know that this is a this is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Yeah. So um, um and then one more thing. Did you did you watch the Stephanie thing uh Friday night whenever no, she did the I did not so, watch the Chris Benoit memorial episode. Yeah, that's what it like I am calling that Stiltman. I am calling that the second it comes out that he actually, like, it's proven that he assaulted someone. Um, if that happens, they're, like, that moment's going to get erased from YouTube and the uh, Peacock entirely. Uh, which I'm good. I'm not convinced needs it will. To... I'm not convinced so? it will. No, it's Vince McMahon. Uh, I genuinely do think that it is very much going to, we're going to get that revisionist history of just, like, they already said he created pro wrestling. 
They already said he created and founded the WWE. <laughs> like, uh, no, these you this, these are not alternative facts. Like, yes, yeah. he re he rebranded re the WWE, <laughs> but it was very much a thing that he stole from his own father. After going around and pillaging and putting out of business all of the old territories. This isn't some plucky underdog story of down-on-his-luck Vinnie Mac going city to city trying to recruit the best and brightest to stick it to the big money-hungry bookers of Cincinnati and St. Louis. Well, no, and, that's and what he was. He, he was doing that. He was just doing that as one of the money-hungry promoters. <laughs> like He was doing everything you said. He just happened to be doing it with the biggest pockets. Like his, it's, I, I don't like that I'm saying this, but it's very Trumpish where it's like, well, he started his company with a modest $1 million loan from his dad. Yeah. Well, that's not exactly what Vince did. But like, it feels like that when you actually sit and look at it. Like, and then he I'm, kicked his dad out of a moving train <laughs> and said, this shit's mine now. Yeah. Like, it's one of those that I cannot lie and say that Vince McMahon is not like, we all have to say Vince McMahon is the reason that we got into professional wrestling. It was his product. Um, I have to, at least. Uh, I'm very jealous of the people that were WCW kids right now. Uh, because they don't have to say that. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? After what billionaire Ted did to poor, broke Vince McMahon. <laughs> I was wondering why they you were, were putting the They were putting the screws to him. They were stealing all of his talent. He had nothing. And billionaire Ted wanted to take even more. Can you believe what the United States Congress did to Vince McMahon in that bullshit one-sided steroid trial? That was essentially 9-11. Don't forget, that's a real thing that Stephanie said. Uh, uh, you know my favorite thing about what you said about, uh, and this is, a, again, this is a side tangent, but just because you said it, of just like, man, that really was the narrative they were painting back in the day with WCW of just being like, they're just signing everybody for the biggest contracts to the point that we can't even afford to pay them anymore. Like that's basically what happened to Brett. Um, where, well, and, but I mean, they did overpay, but like, if you go back and watch any of the, like reliving the Monday night wars, which is all WWE cited because that's the only company that still exists. You hear the Lex Luger, Pat Patterson story where Pat's watching it and says, I can't do his voice. They got Luger. Good for them. Like, they were happy that that was happening. They go back and be like, well, I mean, they were stealing a lot of talent. And it's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> no, Norm, they weren't. <laughs> Norm MacDonald, rest his soul, uh, said something along the lines of, man, when you look at history, all the good guys won. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it's... If if you were hoping that this was going to be a Vince McMahon retrospective of just like man, how great was he and how much did he do? Wrong show. Sorry yeah. about you, uh, but no. Um, I but mean, yeah, so, he did he did some good things for wrestling. No, I, I I'm not but, arguing that. I'm not saying. But that, he also he also ruined a lot of things for people for his own benefit. Like yeah, he. His spoiler alert, he's the reason we don't have unions in wrestling. Well, him and Hulk Hogan. Uh, well, yeah, but, well, all right, fucker, you know what I mean, though. Where it's like, yeah, like, Vince, I mean, did create, well, he didn't create, but he did, like, build this brand up to the point that it's a worldwide thing. And it did make professional wrestling popularized to the point where you can say that they took it out of this territory kind of niche thing into a worldwide market. Yes, you can say that, and that's not wrong. But... You gotta crack some eggs to make an omelet. 
And Vince, which what we're finding out right now, cracked or made quite an expensive omelet for himself and is now eating it to the equivalent of a shit sandwich. Yeah, and I don't you, really feel bad for him. You don't necessarily have to crack your ne- your neighbor's egg to make your omelet. Like, and that's what Vince did. It's, oh, you know, yeah. he, yes. <laughs> he went to res- the, he went to the local grocery today, store. <laughs> obviously, wrestling today is what it is because of Vince McMahon. There is no denying that. There is no arguing that. But it's for better and for worse. Like, we don't know that wrestling would, you know, if you watch W, if you watch any sort of documentary that WWE produces, Vince McMahon saved professional wrestling. There was not a future in professional wrestling in the territories. That, everything, they were all dying. The crowds were going down. There were no stars. It was Vince McMahon who pulled wrestling out of the muck, turned it in, turned it national, turned it into sports entertainment. We don't know, like, we, and we won't know. We have no way of knowing now whether or not wrestling would have thrived on its own or how it would have gone if he hadn't done what he did. He altered the history of pro wrestling. Again, you cannot deny that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he did it for the better. No, he, just, he did it for the betterment had, of himself. He did it. He made himself very successful. He made WWF, WWE very successful. But like, it it is very much like, that is one of those like, if I could just see all possible timelines of the universe, like that would be like a, what if Vince didn't do that? Yeah. So Disney, Disney, make that what if episode. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that would be <laughs> funny. Um, he still would have been the good guy in the end. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, Vince McMahon, he's retired, he's gone. But is he? Because he's still the majority shareholder. Who knows what will change? That'll change week to week, I'm sure. Um, the last thing that I'll end on was apparently the meeting that Triple H had with the talent as the new head of created, and he did talk about wanting to open up communications and actually be more available and be more open to hearing and meeting with people. So that's cool. I like that. I hope that does come to fruition because like the majority of people like, yeah, there were people that had bad experiences with him in NXT, but that's going to be anybody like there's really there's, I, I can think of off the top of my head on one hand, the number of people who are pretty well universally loved in wrestling. Like, someone has beef with someone, someone had a bad interaction with someone. And yeah, sure, I'm sure there were examples of those people were the ones that were at fault, not Triple H. And I'm sure there's plenty of stories where Triple H was the one that, you know, was the one at fault. So, um, but hopefully he's able to to follow through on that. So, but as, as we progress, I think SummerSlam will be interesting to see just to kind of how things are going uh, story-wise. Who does Triple H you know, want to focus on versus who Vince was focusing on. Does that even change? Like, do we see that? Will that change happen by WrestleMania? Will it be next WrestleMania? It's, it's honestly, it's if fascinating. You, if you gave me, a, if I see a report Monday saying that SummerSlam was already written for the most part and it was written by Vince, I'd be like, yeah, of course it was. You're, tr- you're trying to write one of your big four pay-per-views and you're going to do it in a week just because somebody's different. Like that would be bold. Uh, just because like sometimes when you're given, like I've been in a situation at my place of work where my job changed exponentially overnight, literally overnight. And with what I was asked to do, I was given the option to restart it. And I had two weeks before a really big, um, presentation and it was use what is being used right now that you don't like, or come up with something new and get it done in two weeks. I used, well, COVID ended up shutting down the presentation, so I didn't have to do it at all, (laughs) but I would not have. I even told my boss, I am not going to start new things in two weeks. 
if I have a presentation in two weeks, that's stupid. I'm going to use what is already there. And if Vince already had something there, which would not shock me, Triple H would probably use it. I I understand what you're saying, but I don't think it's a fair compare. Not fair, because that makes it sound like you're like wrong on a moral level. Um, no, 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 it's not I don't a think one-to-one. It's an apt, I don't think it's an apt comparison, because, yeah, they didn't tear up the card. They didn't rebook a bunch of matches, um, although they did do one, which we'll get to in a second. Um, you know, the card is still the same as it was last week, as it was two weeks ago, minus the one match. Um, but I think what they can do is they can adjust finishes. Um, mm-hmm. you know, is the, so looking at the card right now, there's eight advertised matches of those eight matches. How many of them are going to have the same finish that was originally pa- planned last week? But keep in mind, how many stories have we heard? Of, yeah, so I was told up and down that finish A was what was going to happen. And then 30 minutes before the showtime, a producer comes up and says, Vince changed his mind. Now it's finish B. Yeah. And you got to rethink things. So it's like uh, something that I think, I don't know if it was Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapper who, but someone said like, basically the, the, the script for Monday was the script that Vince wrote on Thursday. The biggest difference is it wasn't torn up 30 minutes before the show. (laughs) <laughs> so you know i i i think it's more which and there's not going to be any way of confirming this until there's like a backstage report um yeah. or someone leaks you know oh no this is what's going to happen because the state of wwe is constantly like oh goldberg says that he when he flew to saudi arabia to wrestle the fiend he was flying over there knowing he was going to lose that match and it wasn't until the day of the show that they told him oh actually you're beating him <laughs> God, so, oh, no, you just made me mad. Yeah, Damn. so, um, but real quick, because there's only one other real piece of news, and then we'll get into the preview for SummerSlam. Um, both Tully Blanchard seems to be done with AEW and Ring of Honor um, at Death Before Dishonor, which we'll talk about after we're talking about SummerSlam. Um, it was announced that Prince Nana has bought out uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and I'm... On the one hand, Tully Blanchard is very good. I like him as a manager. Like, his time with FTR was great. I was very excited to see what he was going to do with Ring of Honor. Um, but I, I'm not going to complain about Prince Nana on my yeah, no, you know, it's, it's in a wrestling show in 2022. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, ah, oh, that's uh, okay. Like, cool, you gave me that. Like, so for, yeah, it's like, well, it's, it's, the, it's the Indiana Jones, like, I'm swapping it out real quick. And it's like, okay, I'll take a 22 yeah. embassy. I'm not upset about that. Yeah, no, um, that, that hits pretty hard for me. And because uh, I was oh. bummed and then I saw it and I was like, no, that's that's one to one for me. It's yeah. different. Like, it's a different personality, but I don't hate that personality. Spoonful, so it, spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> uh, and then Jonathan Gresham is reported to have had a very heated exchange with Tony Khan uh, before Death Before Dishonor and had requested his release from ROH and AEW. Uh, his main complaints were. Uh, the time allotted to the championship match, um, but primarily the lack of communication and direction for what he was doing going forward because he, you know, really wanted to carry the flag for Ring of Honor. He signed with, you know, he continued to sign with Ring of Honor to be their champion. Um, and then they like turned him heel and he really couldn't get in touch with anybody from either Talent Relations or Tony Khan to kind of talk to him. So, which, if it's true, like valid criticisms, we've heard criticisms, uh, from other people within AEW or people who were in AEW about like, yeah, it's hard to really kind of get to talk to anybody. So, yeah. 
hopefully, as of now, um, he has not been released. He did not have that. Um, uh, that did not get his. The release didn't get granted yet. Um, but it's not to say that it won't. You know, down the line, I would like to see him stick around in ROH just because, like, it, ROH suits him so friggin' well. Yeah, no, it's literally, it's the one promotion that he can strive in. Not saying that he wouldn't strive in AEW or WWE, but it's the only place that I think would let him be unabashedly Jonathan Gresham all the time. Uh, New Japan. Oh, all right. Okay, yes. That. I was thinking of American promotions. You're correct, yes. Which is fair, which is fair, but like, no, New Japan is where I would want him to go. And honestly, too, like, apparently Impact had interest in him. Like, they, they, there was a Ring of Honor title match. It was him and Chris Sabin, like, on Impact, so... I mean, Jonathan Gresham is the kind of talent that wherever he goes, he will thrive. Yeah, he is no, too he's too good at wrestling to fail. Yeah, he's again. It's that one thing of he just understands the art of how wrestling works. If if you have if Jonathan Gresham is signed to a company and that company is not making money off of Jonathan Gresham, it's not Jonathan Gresham. It's the company. Yeah, like I'm I'm confident in saying that. Like. If you're not turning, if you can't make money off of Jonathan Gresham, that is a you problem. Yeah. And I just like, so watching Death Before Dishonor, uh, you, you want to, uh, we'll hold off on that, that yeah. statement. I'll wait for the actual review of it. Mm-hmm. But like, no, he just has an air about him. And it's that one thing of, and it's the one thing we've been seeing a lot of this week of, uh, well, I've at least seen it on the pages that I follow of you have all these people that can go by with having a character of just being a good wrestler. Why does Jonathan Gresham need a character? And I'm like, does he? Cause I think that he plays that, like just being a good wrestler better than pretty much anybody. And so, I love, like I love Claudio and I love Daniel Bryan, but like, just if you're just like, which character pulls off as being the best wrestler the most Jonathan Gresham, like the way he works, he works to fit that character mold. It's it's not that you're not making a good point. It's that you were missing the point of what no, that no, was I about. Know, I know what that's about. Because it's the whole thing of just like, how come it's different for Jonathan Gresham? And it's that whole thing of there's racial bias in wrestling. There's yeah. always been racial bias why in is, wrestling. Why is Johnny Boots and Tights okay for a white guy, but not, you can't just have, you know, a yeah. black guy do the same thing. And I was I was getting I was getting there with it. But no, okay. the, the reason that was getting brought up was because no, there's a there's always been a racial bias in wrestling. <laughs> We've seen that for literally since wrestling's been around. Yeah, just the longer that you went talking about it without mentioning it, I was like, oh no, oh, we need to, I need to yeah. and <laughs> make again, sure I that don't... we know what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, and, uh, I agree with that criticism, because that's <laughs> the one thing that, like, because there's, there's a lot of, a, and again, this is why fucking wrestling in 2022, talking to wrestling fans, fucking sucks most of the time, because you will talk to somebody, and they will have a bias towards a company, and if you say anything negative about that company or make any kind of comment about how something is ran about that company, you are dead wrong no matter what you say. I don't think that AEW doesn't have, or Tony Khan didn't have faith in Jonathan Gresham. I think that the show that he put on, that title match, the AEW, or not AEW, fuck, Ring of Honor world title match was not his concern. He was worried about other matches. That match was not his his big issue. It should have been mm-hmm. because when you say we have Claudio Castagnoli against Jonathan Gresham, that is a 30 minute match minimum. It should be at least because yeah. that's what those two guys should be doing, but it wasn't. And if you make that criticism and then somebody's like, and the issue of it is, is the fans are what's bringing up this very blatant racial bias. 
where it's like, well, Jonathan Gresham's just not that good. He needs a character. No, he fucking doesn't. You just, you're defending something and not realizing that, you, I mean, or you are be, you are realizing that you're being racist. That's way worse in my opinion. But like, you're just saying this guy doesn't have something because he is not 6'2 and like the prototypical wrestling white guy that we have. Because if you look at every company right now, or like AEW minus a couple champions, that's what we got. We kind of have the prototypical white guy as the top champions minus Jade um, and um, Swerve and Lee. Like, so even this big company of diverse change, and this is what Big Swole talked about, mm-hmm. of just like, uh, you would like to see more representation in a company that likes to talk about representation. Yeah. And then when you have fans talking out of their ass, like, it makes everything look really bad. And I think, was it Gresham that made that statement before? I don't, I don't think he made it post the asking for his release, but he made the comment about, like, that, didn't he? Or was that somebody else? Which statement? The... The one, like, why do I need a character? Oh, yeah, no, that was his... Yeah, like, he's absolutely right. What's the difference? Well, it's because you're not super tall and you're not, a, like, you're not the prototypical white dude. And for some reason, in wrestling in 2022, that's still a fucking thing. Also, people, it's like, people are so up their ass with the, like, height shaming of him. Like, that, that, that's yeah, super cause annoying. Because it's like, no, he's still... That dude could put... I don't care. Anyone who's sitting behind their keyboard saying, like, Gresham's not believable because he's not tall. It like he would put you on the ground without breaking a sweat, like without Easily. thinking about it. Yeah, because he's he's a very good wrestler. Like and he also could... the motherfuckers built like a pit bull. Like that's also like yeah. just looking at Jonathan Gresham. He is so like it's this is a testament to him. He is so impressive looking at only in only being five four because I think him and Rey Mysterio are like the same height. Mm-hmm. And you could not convince me, unless you put them side by side and I saw their heads meet, you could not convince me that those two motherfuckers are the same height. Because yeah, I'm like, he, no, Jonathan Gresham is 5'11 five, five minimum. No, he, he just built like a brick shithouse. He looked like he belonged in there with Claudio. And Claudio yeah, is, now, like the, is the like ideal human um, form. Like, dude is alien with how jacked and tall and handsome he is. Yeah, um, and again, you gotta move like, on, though. Because oh, okay. we're an hour in, and we still are going to talk more about Death Before Dishonor, so we can we can pick it up there. Um, yeah. Real quick, uh, also, tonight, apparently, I think like an hour ago, John Cena hit the Fortnite store, which I've always kind of questioned when we would ever get, if we would ever get wrestling representation in Fortnite. Like, now, Peacekeeper is already in there, or he's been, Peacekeeper has been part of Fortnite before. Peacemaker? Uh, or is Peacemaker. it Peacekeeper? I thought it was Peacekeeper. Is it Peacemaker? I think, I think it's Peacemaker. John oh, Cena, God. Peace. We are awesome at our jobs. It is Peacemaker. Okay. Yes. I was right. Okay. I, I still haven't seen the show. Um, no, I saw good. I saw Suicide Squad, but... It's a good um, movie. It's a good movie. I also haven't seen the show. So, but John Cena is... Uh, but actual, like, you can't see me, John Cena, and the John Deere green and yellow uh, yeah. is available. Well, it's the same the- thing with... It's the same thing with uh, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson's in Fortnite, but not as The Rock. Give me that skin for he's, Epic. Uh, he's in there as the Foundation. Is that yeah. his character's name? Yeah. So, but it is, but it is the Rock's like human head. So you can have once in a lifetime John Cena versus the Rock. Um, and then Xavier Woods, Oscar, and the Undertaker both got skins in Fall Guys. Yeah, well. I'm gonna have to get that. I'm gonna have to yeah. actually pay money for Fall Guys for the first time ever. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Or what no, you no, mean to, like, buy the, to buy the to buy the skin? Night. No, no, gotcha. I have it on my I have it on PS5. Uh, whenever that game came out, like right whenever quarantine happened, mm-hmm. and uh, it was free for a month on PlayStation. So yeah. like I have it on my when it Sony. when it launched it launched on PS Plus. 
Yeah. Um, um, and then your uh, Rocket League, there are two skins for John Cena and Roman Reigns. There's yeah. a green green Cena's car and a head of the table Roman Reigns uh, car as well. I wish I liked Rocket League more. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. I'm terrible at it. Um, so I was actually always kind of wondering, like, it, it seems like every other, like we have other sports people, like there's like LeBron is in Fortnite. Um, there's been basketball and soccer people in Fortnite. There's been like DJs and like real world and streamers have their own Fortnite skins. So it's like, I understand WWE, you know, with it being a PG show, like maybe we don't want John Cena running around with an AK. Like I get that because that is an odd visual to have um but now that cena is even though like yeah he's with wwe it's in his like wwe merch yeah but it does i don't think it says wwe anywhere on his no he has the title belt yeah because that title that yeah no it's definitely wwe sanctioned because that's the big it's the big wwe epic event like that's right i get what you're saying but you're wrong no Uh, yeah that's well because like i said i haven't seen it yet i I logged on earlier uh to see if he was available yet and he wasn't but uh so yeah, so I this probably will open the door to more. Um, Got to think that eventually we're going to get a Roman Reigns. Give me a you new know, day, like because quite frankly, it should have been Xavier Woods and Fortnite only because, only because, um, you could give me a glider of the unicorn from their original shirt. Give me mm-hmm. that. I want the blind unicorn, uh, with wings, and also the pickaxe. Francesca. It's Francesca. Yeah, yeah. like, it, th- that's the most obvious answer you could get. I get why it's Cena, because, like, yeah, that's obviously the correct answer. But, like, Xavier Woods, baby. Also, I just want Xavier Woods and more things, which I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's a bad no, that's, thing. No, that's a solid That's a solid request. Yeah. Um, but that's it for the news of the week. A uh, little bit of playing with ourselves at the end there. Uh, real quick, because we are already bit. over an hour. Um, SummerSlam is this Saturday, and... Honestly, like, I think it looks like it's going to be a good show. I'm excited for it, but there's, like, I don't know. There's something that I'm just like, man, I'm not pumped for it. It might just be the main event. Like, it may just be the one championship match that I'm like, ah, all right, whatever. Roman Brock, yeah. uh, The Mysterios, Dominic and Ray versus The Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor with Rhea Ripley. Uh, She returned on Monday, which was, it was good to see her um, (laughs) wearing the I'm your poppy shirt fucking with dominic and then kicking ray in the arm yeah, this is great i love <laughs> I, it also so i know i complained about it being kind of like a typical wwe thing to shit on someone like when you're supposed to be celebrating them but finn balor dragging ray and saying it's not your anniversary it's my birthday and it was his <laughs> birthday like that's yeah awesome i love that um but that match will be a no disqualification tag team match so uh, if dominic turns it's here yeah, and I, I think just because we made it out of Monday doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. But who knows? Yeah. Um. Also, did you see Buddy Murphy or Buddy yeah. Matthews on Twitter after Rhea got in Aaliyah's face of just like custody of me on a pole match? Yeah, that was great. That was that, that should that have been my power of positivity. <laughs> that was good. Um, Logan Paul versus The Miz. I kind of almost feel bad for Logan Paul because like the crowd is not going to accept him as a face like the Miz and uh, the, the promo that Champa cut about like the greatest or most famous arena of all time. Like that was such a good promo, but the, the crowd is not going to accept Logan Paul as a face and no. he very much needs to not be Ronda Rousey and try to force it. 
like embrace it. You were such a natural dickbag, like in the terms of wrestling, just lean into it, accept it. Yeah. And the, the issue of it is, is he was such a good role of it in his actual life too, for so long that it has bled into wrestling. Like, yeah, he's, his his reputation a, precedes him, and he, they're very there's a much reason. Just, there's a reason Ronda Rousey was very over as a face at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it it wasn't Ronda's fault that the crowd soured on her. That very much was WWE creative that made her people sour on her. It was not it was not Ronda's doing. I think the blame can be shared. Because even whenever they were kind of like before she really kind of showed her full ass, um, (laughs) both as a person and as a a fighter, like she wasn't killing it, especially with promos. And granted, yeah, they're scripting promos for it's hard to, you know, come across as natural or believable. Um, But I think I think that is kind of a six of one, half a dozen of the other. Like you there's there's shared blame there. Um, speaking of Ronda Rousey challenges Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's Championship, please, God, don't just immediately have Ronda steal it from Liv again. And I say steal it in the sense that she will win clean. Um, (laughs) the Ronda experiment has failed. We all need to move on as a society from Ronda Rousey just as a whole. Um, my, my crazy prediction here is that Bailey returns uh, and screws Ronda. And that'll be the that'll be the SmackDown feud going forward. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I want to see Bailey come back. I want to see Liv retain. I don't necessarily want to see those together, but that's just kind of where I'm thinking. Uh the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defends against Becky Lynch. This is another one where it's just like they are very good against each other because they are both so incredibly talented. But we've seen it so many times, so many iterations over the last few months that like this needs to be the this needs to be the last one. Yeah. Like and just be done and move on. Give Bianca something else to do. Give Becky something else to do. Because it's good. What they're doing is good, but it's wearing thin. Yeah, you can only you can only tell that story so many times without completely changing the aspects of the story. And And I don't think that you should. They've been telling this story for a year now. Yeah. So literally a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it's no, I just, it dawned on me that it was exactly like, not exactly a year, but like show wise, exactly a year. Yeah. It started with, sorry, that wasn't me. That wasn't me being, that wasn't me being a dick to you. It literally was me being like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It has been a year. I hit, I had that moment of realization. Mm -hmm. And granted, like they weren't, it wasn't like they were actively feuding the entire time, but that discussion was happening in the background. Of just yeah. like, wow, they fucked over Bel Air. And that was, slam. yeah, it wasn't the story they were directly giving to our face, but they have been building the story for a year, year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether they knew it, whether they wanted to or not, it was what people were, <laughs> that's what we were talking about. Yeah, they uh, don't like us. The wrestling community, wrestling companies do not like the fans sometimes. Here's another thing that I'm not super excited about, which I should be, but god damn it. Tag team match for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships as the Usos defend against the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. Fucking why? I get it. It's Nashville. I was about to say it. Because they're in Nashville, baby. So? They did a show in St. Louis. Was Randy Orton a special guest referee? No, but they had all the St. Louis legends front row, remember? I I just... uh, (laughs) I... 
I'm not wrong. The match is going to be great. The match should be great because it's Usos and the Street Profits, but like... With Mr. Ain't He Great, Asa. Sorry, I've been on a big Jeff Jarrett kick recently. I know you're aware of it, and I know you don't like it, but I have been. I just... It's been fun. Man, he could have just, like... I could have been indifferent to Jarrett. But then he had to be Jarrett, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Singles match for the WWE United States Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Theory. Um, this sh- their first match was a lot of fun at the last pay-per-view. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm always going to be happy to see Bobby Lashley just fucking ragdoll Theory around. I'm not going to complain yeah, cause, about that. because Lashley's really good at ragdolling people, and Theory's really good at being ragdolled. Yeah. It's the perfect storm. It really is. And if he uh, spins him fast enough, it'll make one. Just... Tornado, he's not. Yeah. He's not Claudio, though. Um, weirdly enough, the match I'm most excited for is Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. That makes uh, sense. I say it just about every time we talk about Corbin. Corbin is one of the most underrated people WWE has. Um, just as a performer, as a re- as an in-ring wrestler. McAfee has always impressed. Like, you cannot point to a single bad showing that he has had. Which, yeah. as a part-time, not actual wrestler wrestler, like, is almost unheard of. It's that elite-level athlete thing that I always go back to. Like, yeah. I get that wrestling is totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... People really like to shit on McAfee, and it's just like, you don't understand that he was not, and I get that he was a punter, but it wasn't like he was a third-string punter like Corbin was, like, an eighth-string defensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Pat McAfee, for multiple years, was the best goddamn punter in the NFL. You have to be, you have to be talented at athletics to be the best punter, like, to be the best of something in an athletic field. It just, you don't. You don't skedaddle upon that. Like, you have some talent built in. And yeah, every time, uh, you know, the only thing I know that we're going to see that I'm going to be super happy is we're definitely going to get the push off uh, superplex where he lands on his feet. Yeah. Uh, that will always make me happy. Uh, I want to see how he takes the end of days. I want to see if he can get like a full 180 up and then the swing down. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am excited for that match. I, I like the build. The build has been fun. Um, it's, you know, bum ass Corbin is fun like mcafee is fun and i understand yeah. if like his personality does it like if you do, if you can't get behind him as a as a commentator or like a personality i get that but i i'm i'm i dig it like i'm into uh, it i was i was at the war games in chicago where he like they just gave him a live microphone and they were like just pump the crowd up mm-hmm. and he like and he fucking did and again not even knowing like what was going on as it happened. Like me and Sadie were like, what is, Oh, it's McAfee. What's he doing? And then he just like riles up the whole crowd right before the show. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, no, he has like, he really does have a grasp of what everything entails with being entertaining. And yeah. like, I love his, uh, Oh, also congrats to him. He has his first action figure coming out, not through the WWE line. The new Ken's Barbie look is just a Pat McAfee doll. Uh, Literally I thought you were pants. serious. I was like, Oh, is he getting a basic? <laughs> No, he is. He is getting a basic, but they also made a Ken Barbie doll that looks just like him. I think I sent you the clip. It was I don't know pretty if you great. have, but I'll send it to I'll you because it's I'll fantastic. It. And then the main event, uh, which dear God, Roman Reigns defending the UWU Championship against Brock Lesnar <laughs> in a last man standing match. Um, it'll be violent. There will be a lot of no movement until the count of nine, and then someone will jump up at the last second. It's my least favorite spot in wrestling. Um, hopefully, it's 
it goes better than the last Roman Reigns last man standing match I'm thinking of, uh, which was Kevin Owens and Paul Heyman not able to get the handcuffs unlocked. So the referee just stopped counting. Yeah. Like, oh, God, that was rough. Uh, hopefully, we, you know, we don't get something like that. I think there's going to be some shenanigans here. Um, and and to, so to jump back to something we talked about earlier in the show, originally scheduled for this ma- for this pay-per-view was Seth Rollins versus Riddle. But they rode off Riddle with a, with a kayfabe in- injury. Uh, apparently, that match is now going to be part of when they go over to England and do that show. The Tussle in the Castle or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's weird that like we're building up to a big Drew McIntyre championship build and he's not even on SummerSlam. Like that's, that's odd to me. Yeah, that is weird. He doesn't need it for over there. He's going to be, he's going to get the entrance of a God, like the reaction of a God when he debuts. So I guess it like, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's going to get two swords. (laughs) Dual wielding. Uh, and they are not going to bend whenever he cuts the ring. (laughs) Oh, God. Real swords. Um, but so I kind of think that like I saw someone pitch like what if Seth Rollins gets added to this match last minute? Um, I don't know how you do a triple threat last man standing match or maybe you just ditch that stipulation altogether. Um, I've also seen someone say like what if Theory cashes in but only for one of the championships? Like he challenges Roman or Brock or whoever for just the Universal title or just the WWE title and that's how you get those off of one guy who is you know working less dates than he used to um so i don't know i think there's a couple interesting there's a couple ways they could go with it but more than likely it is just going to be roman beats brock again (laughs) Heyman fucks him over the usos show up and get tossed a lot i was about to say man they really painted themselves in a corner and that made me think do you think triple h is just sitting there with a notebook just being like how the fuck do i figure this out Cause like he's had this problem with NXT before where he double books a champion and then it's just like, oh, he's letting go of one of the belts. Like he, he just oh, always yeah. hand waves it away. <laughs> oh, I forgot how much that annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. It's just one of those, like, I was about to make the comment of they really painted themselves in a corner with everything they're doing right now. And like, what the fuck is Vince on? And then I realized it's not Vince's problem anymore, which is even funnier. It'd be funny as shit if they did the WCW thing of just where like, this. All Give right, belts up. everyone in the ring on Monday, hand over your titles. We're starting the shit from scratch. Elias, fuck figure. you, you're Ezekiel again, or whichever, Ezekiel, Ezekiel you're, Elias, you're again. Elias again. Kevin Owens just like, oh, I fucking told you! I said it! <laughs> and just like, in the background. And then um, it's just like, Butch, your name's Pete Dunn, because what the <laughs> fuck is Butch? Give them their names back, Triple H. Give them all their names back. Uh, because whenever Big E comes out at the Royal Rumble, not this coming year, but next year. I was about to say, I was like, that's pretty, and, that's not going to happen. No, not, not the coming one, the one after. And when he comes out and they announced, and they announced Big E Langston, give that man the name of his ancestors back. Give him the name that you stole from him, you fucking colonizers. Um... <laughs> That's just the every every introduction from the New Day podcast of him used to be Langston. It means a lot to the man and give it to him. After what he's been through, he deserves his last name back. Um, so that's SummerSlam. That's going to be on Saturday. I've, I'll watch a replay because we'll be at CCW that night, but I'll probably sit down Sunday and watch it. 
um, as I'm getting those victory royales with my super sweet Cena skin uh, on Fortnite. And then last weekend was Death Before Dishonor. Um, the pre-show was really solid. Colt Cabana uh, defeated Anthony Henry. I really liked that match. Um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Anthony Henry was like, apparently he had said he had plans to retire not in the not too distant future. And then after sometime on like Sunday or this week, he was like, all plans to retire have been put on hold. And it's just like, Hmm, I wonder what happened. Yeah. I wonder if you signed a thing. That uh, says you have to do the thing you said you weren't going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trust busters, Arya Davari and slim J defeated the Shinobi shadow squad, cheeseburger and Eli Isom. Um, way to fucking bury our pure open weight champion in cheeseburger. TK. It's fine. He didn't even bring the belt to the, ta- the ring. It's fine. It's With fine. Respect. Um, the embassy, Brian Cage, and the gates of Ag... Ag- I almost said the gates of Agatha because it was Agatha all along. Um, but Brian Cage and the gates of Agony, Jasper Khan and Toa Leona, uh, defeated the team of Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. Um, all three of those guys are people that, like, ROH could use. Yeah. Like... Alex Zane, Blake Christian, Tony Deppin are all just like, and Tony Deppin is like, he was a part of that roster already, but like, yeah, he Alex was Zane, a, he was a, he's a former television champion. Yeah. Uh, Alex Zane and Blake Christian are both just like ridiculously talented too. So I think that would be a good showing. And then Willow Nightingale defeated Allison K uh, for the last match of the pre-show. Again, really solid match. Sign Willow already. Like, why are we? Yeah. I genuinely was hoping that it was going to be like a oh she won the match and then someone comes out and gives her the contract. But yeah, that would have been really cool. We didn't get that. The opening match was the ROH Championship as Claudio Castagnoli defeated Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Gresham coming making his entrance without the full octopus gear, the foundation stuff. Uh, Prince Nana came down to the ring after the fact. Um, he wasn't there during Gresham's entrance, so that was kind of notable. Uh, the match went 11 minutes and 30 seconds, and it should have gone another 20. Like, yeah. this was, it was a really good match, but it was so, it was over so quick. And it, it really kind of took some of the impact out of, one, Claudio Castagnoli's first ever world title win, um, and then knowing what we know after the fact, it was just like that kind of put a, a shadow over it, which was a little bit of a bummer, but overall it was like, it was very, very good wrestling. And yeah. That's what we can hope for. Uh, Dalton Castle and the boys defeated the Righteous um, to win the ROH World Six Man Tag Team Championships. Um, he he just kept eating the boys out of the ring <laughs> to a point that was it was tiring. Like at a certain point, I was like, "All right, we can be done with this." And then he just kept doing it, and then it became enjoyable all over again. It, it circled like, back around of just <laughs> it's like a fun. All right, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like God, he is still going. <laughs> uh, in what was it? I don't know. I so like I loved the tag team main event. Oh, just circle back because I something I wanted to bring up. I did really like the fact that they pointed out that it was a coin flip between the world title and the tag team titles of what was going yeah. to main event the show, and the uh, the tag titles won the coin flip, so that's why. That was the main event. I dug. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, I fucking loved Wheeler Yuta against Daniel Garcia. Oh, that was stupid. The, that was the so pure much wrestling fun. rules match for the ROH Pure Championship. This it it was so good. It was another one where it's like I wouldn't have complained if it went another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I loved the promo that Daniel Garcia cut right before the match, 
where he was just like, you know what people say when they watch a professional sport? This needs more rules. Like the <laughs> whole uh, the whole thing of him going like if he wins the belt, he's gonna go trash it on uh, Wednesday uh, with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like that was such a fun story to the point that Daniel Garcia kept that story going. Where it was any time that it was a Ring of Honor thing was even half ass being brought up. He'd either flip it off or spit on it or disrespect it. Like, mm-hmm. I loved that that was the energy he kept literally the whole fucking time. And it was after the fact, when he was yeah. leaving, he was flipping off the ROH logo and the crowd and yeah. Wheeler and everybody. I loved, uh, and we didn't mention it during the, the opening match, but uh, William Regal doing the commentary. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, like, we've been hearing it for a couple, like, for a while now since the Blackpool Combat Club has started. But hearing him do commentary and the way that he does it character-wise is so much fun. Because they even, like, I think Caprice calls him out on it. Of just, like, so even whenever it's not one of your guys and they do something good, you're not, like, mad about it? And he was like, no, it makes my guys better. Like, yeah. the way that he does his commentary and, like, even he was, like, praising Garcia and Gresham in their matches. Yeah. Like, it's the perfect way to do something like that where he could have easily shit on him. Like, listen to Jericho do uh, commentary. Like, you could easily shit on the other guy. It's not hard. You're the one with the microphone. They're not. But William Regal does that extra bit of character work to put over the fact of just like, yes, we want to win matches. But also, they're learning while getting their asses kicked in there. And I hope that they are learning. And like, shit like that. It was so much fun to like, listen to. Him saying that, like, I, I have told Wheeler that I will be very disappointed in him if this goes to a judge's decision. Like, yeah. he wants, he wanted Wheeler to finish him in the ring. Um, I like that. I liked him saying that they didn't want Daniel Garcia in the Blackpool Combat Club because they want to fight the best wrestlers. So if we're nothing but, if, if we have too many people in here, it, there's less great opponents for us to fight. And it's just like, that's cool. That is, that is like you said, a fantastic character work. And William Regal yeah. is one of the all-time greats. Uh, the, the spot where, uh, oh God, Daniel Garcia pulls out the uh, Regal stretch mm-hmm. and right into the walls of Jericho that Yuta reverses into it. I'm like, that, again, this was like, that tag match was perfect. But when you just like break it down, I think I really enjoyed that pure match more. Now, it's not the better match. I will not say that that match was better than the tag match, but mm-hmm. personal enjoyment and just the storytelling aspect of it, of like the little cute things they threw in there, I really, really, really dug the pure open or the pure title. Like, that was such a fun fucking match. Yeah, that was, that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning of it. It's just like, man, it's hard for me to say that this is my match of the night after that tag match, but like, man, I loved this match. I loved it. Uh, next up was Roosh versus Dragon Lee. Uh, Roosh defeating Dragon Lee, excuse me. Um, this was just like... We went from like super technical, pure wrestling rules to just like two action figures put in a dryer. Yeah. Of just like... They they went crazy on this one. It was, it was super wild. It was super fun. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. But the structure of the card kind of really worked against them because the next match then was the ROH women's championship match, uh, with Mercedes Martinez defeating Serena Deed. And like you went from like, you had a super, you had the, you had the crazy spot fest sandwich of like super technical match, crazy spot fest, but immediately followed by like another super technical match. And like yeah. the match was great, but you and me were talking back and forth of just like, man, this crowd sucks. Like, yeah, they were, like it's that whole, they're spit. It was, yeah, it was one of those things. Like I think it was like an early stride show we went to where it was Hatton and Jay, and they were doing 
amazing work and the crowd was like on their hands the whole time and we were like they deserve so much more that's how i felt during this fucking women's mm-hmm. match because they had a really really good match and the crowd was like kind of just sitting on their hands for it they, and again they were exhausted because they just had two like super high profile matches that they were into and it was just like no that was i felt really bad for the women's match just where it was placed yeah it because it, like like you said it was a super good match and they did kind of come alive towards the end um, but you know, the, just the majority of it, man, that like reaction was just like, what the hell? Uh, Samoa Joe defeated Jay Lethal to retain the ROH world television championship. This is probably my most surprise, my most surprising match of the night, like most surprise, um, finish. Cause I would have bet money that Jay Lethal reta- uh, would have won it here, but mm-hmm. I, uh, super cool that Joe retained, um, you know, it's Joe is just like one of the most effortlessly cool people in the yeah. planet um so I, I will never complain about a samojo victory and then the main event two out of three falls for the roh world tag team championship ftr defeating the briscoe brothers two to one to retain the tag team titles um you know what can you say that hasn't already been said it this was this was legit like match of the year quality it was up there with their first match um that they had like this was just almost 45 minutes of good old boys beating the shit out of each other oh i love Uh, it and and again from the redneck family i come from i really (laughs) dug just good old boys beating the shit out of each other literally to the point where i said dax is just that uncle at every family function that can't not get in a fight like that's what he looks like and then you you hit with the randy marsh the randy marsh i didn't hear no bell like, <laughs> which is literally it was right when he got up like towards the end of the match and i was like yep that's exactly what that was um so yeah i i hated the landing that he had when they hit the doomsday device that first time mm-hmm. where it was it just was like very... straight up and down it was all neck and shoulder like that scared me um <laughs> to the that... point that i texted you on the second one where i'm like that one was fine <laughs> yeah um, that first shatter machine or the first big rig that they hit just chef's kit. Like I, this, I just, wrestling is cool. And this is the kind of match that you can watch and be like, fuck wrestling is fucking great. Yeah. It literally went like just whenever Dax got on the microphone after it. And the first thing he says, I fucking love professional wrestling. Yeah. Like it, that, uh, it was, that was weird. The whole, like. Because apparently, like, he, they were supposed to be interviewed by Caprice, Caprice Coleman, but, like, then it, it didn't happen, and they were, it was just, like, the whole post-match thing was odd. Um, like, it, it, I, I love that FTR are being able to, like, really kind of show their love of wrestling, and it be yeah. part of their character. Um, I do enjoy that, because, like... It's good to be reminded, and that's kind of part of what we do the show for, is like, it's good to be reminded that wrestling is fun. Wrestling is great. Uh, John, John, Jordan, Jordan Oliver? John Oliver? John Oliver. John Oliver. Jesus. Wrestling is better than your favorite thing. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's the fucking coolest. And I this is, about to say, this I don't is something like... that I, like, I just, I don't understand if you can't appreciate this match. Like, and, and it's, don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm saying that because I've seen people trash the match or tank the match or anything like that it's just one of those things where it's just like man looking at it and how it was how it was built and how they wrestled and just you know the brutality of it the aggressiveness of it this was just it was so friggin good 
just like the opening lockups, like yeah. the, they made sound, and that's a weird thing to say, but like they had aggression at the very beginning of the match, like it it held the whole time. The aggression at the very beginning of the match was the exact same at the very the very end of the match. Um, I loved so much on the amount of communication that we heard from the teams to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, just like just watching tag team wrestling as much as I do, because that's majority what I watch. Like the whenever Dax is up in the um, Doomsday, like the second time before like, they didn't hit it because they teased it like four times in between the two that actually hit. Yeah, but like the second time. You hear him yelling for cash, like audibly, yeah. like, like fucking Eddie Guerrero in that fucking ladder match. Like Where you're the hearing, fuck is yeah, you're hearing that, but in a tag match, and it's one of those things where, it, like, it was a it was a moment of realism that I fucking loved. Of like, no, that's exactly like that's what should happen in almost every tag match. Like, you should audibly hear if you're about to get fucked up, and you can say something like Dax was. You should hear that person yelling for their tag partner to come fix it because some shit's about some fuck shit's about to happen. Like there was, if someone says they didn't like this match, they are up their own ass and you can't convince me otherwise. Cause like, this is the perfect wrestling match. Like the, you can't convince me otherwise. It And it's one of those things where it's like, it can be played as both of like, was that Dax yelling for Cash because Cash was out of place and he needed to, like, get his timing? Fucking, I don't care. It was doesn't great matter. either way. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. It, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. It, like, it makes sense for you to call out for help to your partner when, like you said, when you're about to get messed up. Like, when you're about to take a big move, like, hey, I need help. Like, yeah. and it is, it does, it's, I it's, it's those little things that go, that make such a big difference. Yeah, and that was, like, that's kind of what I was getting at where I was like, I cannot, like, off the top of my head, and all the wrestling that I've watched, and I don't know, maybe you can, but I can't ever remember that happening in a tag team match. Where yeah. someone is yelling for their partner while taking, like, while about to get fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's happened. This is, that They did not break new ground. But I cannot recall, with all the fucking wrestling I've seen, I cannot recall a spot like that. And that's what made me appreciate it so much. Because it, it was It was realistic. And again, maybe Cash was out of, like, I, you can't convince me that in a FTR match that either one of those guys are ever out of position. No, yeah. And that I wasn't, like, that, to be fair, that, like, to, or to be crystal clear, that was not me accusing them of that being what it was. It was just kind of like, you know, it's not Cena yelling, Shinsuke now, now Shinsuke, like, that's one thing. But, like, yeah. this, you could, even if it was that, like, it makes sense for it to be happening in the ring. It didn't make yeah, sense I, for Cena to be screaming for Shinsuke. This makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, and even, because, like, even, and I, of course, they've been out of position before they're wrestlers and it happens, but, mm-hmm. like, they are the evil Terminator in the second movie where they're just liquid. So it's like, I'm out of position. Now I'm not. Like, they just figure mm-hmm. it out right away. And so, like, <laughs> I doubt it was, I doubt it was one of those things where it was like Cash was truly just in the wrong fucking spot. Even if he was, it was great because that added so much realism to it that I just, like, I watched it and I was like, I fucking love that you're gonna so start, much. You're like, going to start screaming for Kevin so much. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, I want you to, I want you to have a notepad during my match and fucking tally every time it happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kevin, cause I'm like, I'm already very vocal. Now that I know there's a way to do it without making it look like I'm just calling spots. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be bad. Like now, now, cause uncle, uncle Dax gave me the right away. Like now he, he showed me how to do it correctly. 
Uh, you're not supposed to steal from family, so don't steal from Uncle Dax. <laughs> um, but yeah, death is death before dishonor. Overall, like, I think I had my expectations too high because as a show overall, when we were when it was done, I was just kind of left over, underwhelmed. Like when I think of, when I think about it after the fact. Okay, at, no, like that's when not, I was, I'm not arguing with you. When I was done watching it, I had just watched that two out of three falls match, and I was like, God damn, wrestling is cool. But like, as we're talking about it, it was like, yeah, man, the, 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 the world title match really should have gotten more time. Um, you know, kind of same thing with like that six man tag match was just kind of there. Um, like it was fun. I love, I love Dalton Castle and the boys. Um, I, I like the righteous as an act, but we really didn't get a lot of like character stuff that I think we could have, that would have been fun. Um, I love the Wheeler Yuta and the Daniel Garcia thing. Um, that's another one though that I feel like it like I wouldn't have been upset if it went longer. I don't know. I just yeah. like I was expecting to come off of this thinking like yeah, this is pro- this might be the best show of the year. Like this is going to undo Forbidden Door as like best show of the year. And it just didn't really like No, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, and so and again, I think I gave cuz of what again, a vis- or audio medium and he saw a visual cue on my face. Mm-hmm. I had a genuine look of confusion when you said that. Yeah. Because it was the exact opposite. And I think, and again, it could have just been the expectations of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I expected Ring of Honor. Like, that was a really stupid comment I just said, but mm-hmm. let me explain it. I expected Ring of Honor, and I feel like I got Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people were like, well, it's going to be AEW 2.0. And I was like, I don't want it to be that. I don't think that we got that. Um, I feel like I got a really, really, really good Ring of Honor show. And I think that's what I was paying for. Cause like we went to go see like the biggest show that they put on in a year in 2018, we saw Supercard of honor and that's like their mania. Yeah. And that probably is one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Like that wasn't WrestleMania. Cause I'm, you just can't beat WrestleMania. It's it's cause it's a spectacle, but like just shows that I've ever seen. I will like that Supercard show was fan fucking tastic from start to end. Um, that card was better than the card we got Saturday. You can't convince me otherwise, but the wrestling landscape was a lot different than too. But I was, we, it was $40. I feel like I got an ex, like not, it was either $40 of value or $45 of value. I, I'm not going to say that, fuck, they could have charged me 60 and I would have been happy. No, <laughs> but they definitely, I definitely got my value per dollar Oh, I'm- out of that show. I 100% am like, I totally got my money's worth. I, I really did enjoy the show. And it, it's just one of those, it's, it's like how we used to talk about, like, whenever some of the NXT takeovers weren't just like that A, triple plus, class S, you know, yeah. show. Still great. But, like, when you're expecting a Grand Slam, even a triple is like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's good. But, yeah. and that's kind was, of where I'm at. But again, it's after the fact. The night of the show, like, I was just like, fuck, man, that ruled. But it's just yeah. as I, now that I've had a week to think about it, I've kind of... You know, if we would have done a review show, like, because I've thought about it. I'm not going to, especially on the Sunday shows, it's never going to happen. Um, but, like, I've kind of half thought about trying to do, like, review specials, like, right afterward, like, right after the show is over, like, record something. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, I don't know. But now that, like, that review would have been way different than, like, the review we gave now. Yeah. So. Because, well, the, the review we would have given then just would have been us just being like, fuck. God damn. Man. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what have been expletives the whole time because our minds were still wrinkled from what we saw. Yeah. Um, 
But no, like, I, I made a Facebook post about it, like, shortly after, because I literally went straight working into a, uh, I have a college course that's, like, a law review course, and I started working on a case study, because I was like, there's no way I'm going to do it tomorrow morning. I was like, I'm going to do it right after Ring of Honor, and the whole time I was like, I made a post in the middle of it, I was like, if Ring of Honor gives me this, or even close to this every show that they do, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. They gave us a really good product that was not exactly AEW, and I appreciated it. Um... I think that that two out of three falls match will be match of the year for most people. I don't see a lot of things beating that. Um, I, a couple of people can argue, but I think just in the, in the pure storytelling aspect and what they did in that, I think it was like a 50 minute match. They fucking killed it. Yeah, it, it was, it, it was an, it was a great match. It was a great show overall. I just was like, I thought, you know, man, I was hoping it was going to be like one of the all time greats. Yeah. Like, are we going to be talking about, are we going to be talking about this show? Like Forbidden Door, we will be talking about next year. We'll be talking about in a couple years, just for the historical significance alone. But also like some of those matches, like that whole card delivered. Are we going to be talking about the first Tony Khan Ring of Honor show next year? Yes. Probably, probably be talking about that. The FTR uh, Briscoe's match. Depending on Gresham's like contract, we might be talking about the Claudio Gresham match, but I don't know if this is the kind of if, I don't know if this is the show that's going to like make us think like oh no yeah remember Death Before Dishonor twenty two, I just I'm not convinced of that. Time will well, tell. This is but. this is a larger argument, but I think and I, so I'm gonna say it and then I'll let you respond to it and then I'll back off of it. But I think it's gonna always be your main event is gonna make your show. And I think that's what Ring of Honor, and I think that's why we will always talk about this show, is because I think they gave us one of the greatest tag match main events that we will ever get to see. Um, and I, and again, you, I know what you're saying, because we saw a really great WrestleMania, but then they gave us a fucking shitty main event, mm-hmm. and that that soured that whole show. Mm-hmm. I think this is the opposite, where that match will kind of put that in like. Not greatest of all time. I don't. It's that it was. It wasn't even the best Ring of Honor show we've ever gotten. But I think it's gonna be like for the first Tony Khan ran Ring of Honor show under the new banner. That was exactly what it needed to be in more. That's fair. I and I agree with you about like one of the greatest tag team main events of all time. Like that. I don't think you can really question that. Like it's in the discussion. Um, the whole the main event makes the pay per view. That is a very interesting discussion that we will have to have at a later time. Because that's what I said. I was like, this episode. I'm um, gonna say it and then back off of it. Yeah, and so so that is also that is a conversation that I want to have with like several people. Like, sorry, because I'm sorry no, no, no. if I just awakened something. <laughs> you did. You did. It's just like, man, that is like that because like that's something that I want to talk to like wrestlers about and bookers about and like. Like, that is something that it's like, okay, I want to talk to Jeff O'Dell and Jason and, like, just everybody, like, because that's, it's an interesting point. I don't know if I 100% agree, but, like, I'm not, no, we're not discussing it. It's fine. We're done. End of episode, Death Before Dishonor. What did you think? Am I crazy for thinking that, like, being after the fact underwhelmed, even though I loved it at the time? Uh, is Dalton right that no, this was a great, like, this was a just top to bottom fantastic show, which again, that's not, I'm not saying it wasn't, but 
What did you think of Death Before Dishonor? Are you still listening to this? Holy shit, what is wrong with you? I love you, but there's something broken in your brain. And like, <laughs> I, I hate to be the one that has to break that to you. But if you've listened to us ramble about this for an hour and 40 minutes, Jesus Christ. Dylan uh, is loving this right now. <laughs> and he's going to tell you come Saturday. <laughs> and, and, and I love Dylan. He is the, he is the best. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, if he has time to listen to all of it between now and then, dear Lord, we went long. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you all so much. If you did make it all this way, uh, bless you. Bless your hearts. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Follow the show, twitter.com slash nerdiest part. Uh, you can follow Dalton on Twitter at Mr. D. Anthony N-P-O-T-R. I am at the five star man with the number five. Um, and don't forget, share the episode. Um, send it to your friends. Leave a review on the podcast service of your choice use a podcast service that you don't normally use normally and leave a review there because it all kind of helps um because we like talking wrestling and we like talking with cool people and if you've if you've listened this far you're cool as hell and nobody can tell you different and if they do tell you different tell me come tattling come snitching and we'll take care we'll 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 take care probably shouldn't say that on a public platform who knows it's late (laughs) i'm tired i'm hungry i don't know uh but thank you so much for listening to this uh if you're in the area Come see us Saturday for Cape Championship Wrestling's sixth anniversary show. Uh, if you're not in the area, uh, sorry about you, but we will talk to you next week anyway. Um, because until next time, thank you so much. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and as always, watch more wrestling.